Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Guess what, Will? What's that, Mango? So this week I was watching Dr. Seuss with my kids, and I started wondering, where did Dr. Seuss get his inspiration? I mean, between the green eggs and ham, or like a Grinch who actually steals Christmas. An elephant who hatches an egg. Exactly. Like, like they're wonderful ideas, but they are not normal. So I looked it up, and uh, here's what he had to say about it. Quote, I get all my ideas in Switzerland near the Forca Pass. There's a little town called Gletch, and 2,000 feet up above Gletch, there's a smaller hamlet called Uber Gletch. I go there on the 4th of August every summer to get my cuckoo clock fixed, <laughs> and while the cuckoo is in the hospital, I wander around and talk to the people in the streets. They are very strange people, and I get my ideas from them. Of course. So apparently he hated the question, where do you get your ideas? And he got to ask so much, this is the answer he came up with. But today's Nine Things is all about everyone's favorite doctor, Dr. Seuss. So let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hatikader. And sitting behind that soundproof glass, refusing to eat his breakfast, even though, you know, we've provided him with, what, a box and a fox? <laughs> I think he might prefer it with a boat and a goat. I guess so. Well, that's our friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. And actually, he's on the other side of some new soundproof glass. So that's much right. happening here at How Stuff Works that we're actually in a brand new studio. I think they call this, they call it a whisper room. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, but they haven't named it after Rockstar yet. Okay. So we have, we have Bowie and we have Eno and mm-hmm. now we're waiting to name this one, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let Tristan decide what that's going to be because he's pretty bossy. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Mango, back to our topic. I know you're a fan of Dr. Seuss. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Seuss, but do you have a favorite fact about him? 
Definitely. So, you know, we've both read a lot of little things about him over the years, and uh, there's so many cute facts. Like he uh, he wore bow ties because they were harder to spill soup on, <laughs> or he actually had hundreds of hats that he kept hidden, but he pulled them out for dinner parties. Wow. But my favorite thing about him is that his doctor told him he had to quit smoking. And he had this little pipe that he used, but instead of smoking with it, he potted a little pea plant in it. Apparently, like, some people say it's a strawberry plant. Some people say it was, like, a radish plant, I guess. But uh, whatever the case was, whenever he had an urge to smoke, he'd actually take out a little medicine dropper and feed his little pipe. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah, I just think it's one of my favorite little facts about him. Yeah, I like that. But, you know, the thing I always get stuck on is the fact that he didn't have any kids. And apparently he and his wife, Helen, had tried to conceive, but they couldn't. Yeah, I'd actually heard that. And also that he was scared of kids. Like he had this quote, you make them, I amuse them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he thought they were unpredictable and, you know, found them a little hard to be around. But he'd also get annoyed when his friends would talk endlessly about their kids. So he made up a couple of his own just to drop into conversations. <laughs> I'd never heard that. Yeah, sometimes he'd sign their names on this Christmas card. So you might see, you know, his and his wife's name, but then also kids like Norval and Wally and Wickersham and Thnud, of course. <laughs> but the pride of his family was little Chrysanthemum Pearl, the daughter he'd boast about the most. And apparently she was super precocious for an imaginary child, at least, and made a, quote, most delicious oyster stew with chocolate frosting and flaming Roman candles. <laughs> He even dedicated a book to her, the uh, the 500 Hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. That's really funny. And I, I'd actually never heard that before. Actually, speaking of things I hadn't heard before, there's this story that Mark Mancini wrote for Mental Floss. And it's about the time Teddy Roosevelt traumatized a young Theodore Geisel, which, which is, I guess, Dr. Seuss's real name. That's right. You know, because Seuss was actually his middle name, and, and it's supposed to be pronounced, I think, Zois, right? Yeah, that's right. It was a pen name he adopted over the years. And even though people mispronounced it, he kind of liked it better as Seuss because it rhymed with Mother Goose. So he accepted <laughs> the mispronunciation. But uh, but back to my story. So during World War One, the Boy Scouts started selling war bonds to help the forces abroad. And a young Teddy Geisel decided to join in the efforts and prove his patriotism. He was actually of uh, German heritage, so he felt he had something extra to prove. And remember, this is when, like, sauerkraut was being rebranded as Liberty Cabbage. So <laughs> there was a lot of anti-German sentiment. Anyway, as part of Troop 13 of Springfield, Mass., Geisel sold over $1,000 worth of bonds. And this is way back in 1918. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, certainly. So like any fundraiser, his grandparents actually kicked in a lot of dough to help. But he did so well that the Boy Scouts decided to honor him and nine other boys for their work. And they sent Teddy Roosevelt to town. But the problem was they only gave TR like nine medals. And when Dr. Seuss walked on stage, he was the last one to get his. And Teddy Roosevelt didn't have a medal for him. So he just yelled, what's this boy doing here? <laughs> And then this other parent, like, instead of explaining the situation, he just whisked him off. And uh, and apparently Dr. Seuss was just totally humiliated. Ah, that's like, that's kind of sad, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is kind of an honor to get barked at by Teddy Roosevelt, but uh, it must have been a bummer. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I love about Dr. Seuss is that that wasn't the only time he actually got in trouble. And this is kind of a well-known story. But back when he was in college at Dartmouth, he was actually kicked off the college humor paper for being caught with a bottle of gin. And that this was during Prohibition, <laughs> of course. And he was actually the editor-in-chief at the time, and his grandfather was a brewer, so if anyone could get his hands on alcohol during that time, it'd be Geisel. But, but that didn't stop him from writing and drawing, and it's actually when he started playing with pseudonyms. And he continued work under names like Theo Lasig, which is his name backwards, 
uh, Theophastus Seuss or Rosetta Stone, and then of course <laughs> later Dr. Seuss. And also, I, I don't know if you knew this, but he did a stint at Oxford after college. He was doing his master's there. Huh. I had no idea he'd spent time at Oxford. Yeah, that's actually where he met his first wife. But then he returned to the U.S. to start his work as an illustrator. But why don't we talk a little bit about some of our favorite books? Definitely. So one book I loved as a kid and I'd actually heard a political rumor about was Marvin K. Mooney, Will You Please Go Now? And it's about someone telling little Marvin the millions of ways he can and should definitely go And then at the end, he finally leaves. But the rumor I'd heard about it was about Richard Nixon. So it came out two months after Watergate, which is what made people think the two were connected, though it's highly unlikely that Seuss could have written it and put it out in time to coordinate with that. I mean, Seuss used to work for eight hours a day on his books, and it often took him like a year and a half to two years to be happy with them. So it was more of a happy coincidence, but one that he was actually happy to indulge. And... When the book came out, he sent a copy of the book to his friend, the political humor columnist Art Buckwald, and uh, he crossed out the name Marvin K. Mooney and added Richard M. Nixon throughout it. And Buckwald actually printed the whole book as a column, which, you know, only heightened the rumors. But what's funny is that the book keeps resurfacing from time to time, uh, you know, with new politicians in his place. So it was actually used for Mubarak in Egypt recently, and Maureen Dowd referenced it in relation to the Clintons. Wow, I had not heard that before. All right, well, here's something I learned while researching the cat and the hat this week. Not every week you get to research the cat and the hat. That's what I love about our jobs. But apparently the inspiration started with an article in Life magazine. Now, this was in 1954, and it was by a writer named John Hershey. And this is from Biography.com. So Hershey writes, quote, In the classroom, boys and girls are confronted with books that have insipid illustrations depicting the slicked-up lives of other children. All feature abnormally courteous, unnaturally clean boys and girls. <laughs> in bookstores, anyone can buy brighter, livelier books featuring strange and wonderful animals and children who behave naturally and sometimes misbehave. So an editor read that and, and invited Dr. Seuss over. And at the time, he was more of an ad exec and a political cartoonist. And he said, write me a book that kids can't put down. And the cat in the hat is the result of that conversation. That's pretty awesome. I've actually read something about how one of the things Dr. Seuss is proudest of was killing off the boring Dick and Jane series. I think so. I've read that too. And he really tried to infuse a bit of mischief. And and he wanted the kids to be inspired by the cat, you know, to revolt against authority, but not too much. (laughs) They, of course, clean up the mess at the end of the story. But the other funny thing I learned was that the fish in the story, who's, you know, kind of the kid's conscious, but is also a doomsday character. Uh He was modeled after Cotton Mather, you know, the the Puritan minister. That's crazy. And like you said, you know, Seuss really worked hard at that book. And it's not easy to make something compelling with less than 250 words. But after a year and a half's worth of work, the book published and it was an immediate bestseller. I love that. But let's take a quick break and then do our last two facts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com your credit card should match your lifestyle at kemba financial credit union choose a card with benefits that work for you for a limited time all cards have two percent cash back on purchases and zero percent interest on balance transfers for a year apply at kemba.org restrictions apply offer ends june 30th 2024 Welcome back to Part-Time Genius. Now we're talking about Dr. Seuss. So Mango, obviously there's too much to cover. No way we could cover this in just one nine thing. So we might have to come back to this as a full-length episode at some point. But but what do you want to cover for your final fact? So, I mean, I, I know there's a lot to say about the Lorax or the Sneetches and how it was actually written because it inspired the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. But uh, the story I want to talk about is that without Dr. Seuss, we wouldn't actually have the Berenstein Bears. Really? Yeah. So uh, apparently the Berensteins were inspired by a New Yorker profile of Dr. Seuss that was just written about how he's launching this new imprint for Random House. Mm-hmm. And apparently once they submitted their entry, he took to the couple immediately and, of course, he had lots of notes for them. He actually shortened their authors' names from Stanley and Janice to Stan and Jan. So they kind of had more of that Seuss rhyme. <laughs> right, and right. Uh, he asked them to make their rhymes in the books with more consonants and less contractions because it was easier for kids. Hmm. He also thought kids wanted more details from the book. So, so he actually asked them to think about, like, what type of tobacco does Papa Bear smoke? Which, you know, is one of these details that kids might love, but it's funny to think about because, you know, you don't want to talk to kids about tobacco, I guess. Right, right. But uh, mostly he tried to get the story to move and he asked them to put something compelling on every page. And the Berensteins, first, they wanted to do a follow-up book about penguins, but their book did so well that they've actually done hundreds of books ever since. I remember seeing this uh, this interview about why they chose to write about bears. Uh-huh. And I, I think it was Stan that said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we, we chose bears because they can stand up on hind legs and they look good in clothes or something <laughs> like that. I like that. I mean, it, it's also funny to me that Seuss commissioned this very sweet book on bears and morals, but uh, the books he actually loved the most were those by Maurice Sendak because they're darker and more of what he related to as a kid. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, what's your last fact? All right. Well, like you said, there's so much good stuff about Dr. Seuss. I, I definitely think we can do a full episode on the Grinch who stole Christmas even. Mm-hmm. But So this is super short. Of all Dr. Seuss's many accomplishments, do you know what he was most proud of? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that uh, Gerald McBoing Boing cartoon or or that he was the first person to win a Pulitzer for writing children's books? You would think. I mean, that seems like a pretty decent accomplishment. Uh. But No, the thing he was proudest of was donating the lion wading pool at the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Seuss actually had a history with zoos, and he, of course, wrote the book If I Ran the Zoo, which, you know, is famous for the first use of the word nerd. So we have him to, you know, for that. That's a big one. But his dad also managed the zoo when he was a kid, and he'd go down and draw the animals there. And it's part of where he learned to love to draw. 
Uh, that makes me smile, and it's definitely something I didn't know before today's episode, so I'm going to give you the trophy. Thank you so much. But actually, you know what? I think Dr. Seuss deserves the trophy, so we're <laughs> just going to hoist this to Dr. Seuss. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back with a full-length episode tomorrow. the question diamonds direct has an offer you can't miss this month only buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at two thousand dollars imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once no one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.